Penn State football is back. It is 1-0, and we are going to talk about it as we get back to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm Kevin McGuire. Let's get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. college football season is underway and that means the nfl is sitting on deck the nfl season is about to begin nobody covers it like the locked on podcast network august 30th through september 8th the locked on ultimate season preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of odyssey's ross tucker and jason lock follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts tune in beginning august 30th if you want to go back in time basically it is there for you right now getting you all caught up for the start of the NFL season. What's going on, everybody? It's so good to talk to you once again. Again, my name is Kevin McGuire. I'm the host here of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. The last couple of weeks have been pretty bumpy. Went on vacation, had a little bit of a internet issue, had a bit flooded basement when I got back. So things were put on hold. Worst possible time because we were going into our first game of the season. I had so much I wanted to share with you guys. Unfortunately, wasn't able to do it in audio form, but hopefully if you're following me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB, you got a sense of what I felt about Penn State's chances going into the game. I was officially on record. Penn State was going to win that game. That was my preseason prediction. It was my weekly prediction, and it was my prediction on Athlon Sports. It was my prediction on NittanyLionsWire.com. I'm officially on the record, even though I didn't get a chance to do it in this podcast format for you guys. But take my word for it. I predicted Penn State was going to win, and lo and behold, they did. Didn't happen quite the way I envisioned it, but we'll talk about it in today's episode. And of course, we want to make sure you never miss a single episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. We're going to be back on schedule here, Monday through Friday. We'll throw in an extra post-game podcast in the weeks moving forward. We have so many different ways for you to stay connected with the podcast. But of course, I highly recommend you follow this podcast on the awesome Odyssey app. I use it to get all of my podcasts from Locked on Podcast Network. I get some of my other favorite podcasts that are out there college football, baseball, you want some news or some comics, whatever you're into, the Odyssey app is going to have you covered. It's got your podcast, it's got your radio stations, it's got your music. You can take it with you on the car ride, you can take it on the train, on the bus, you can listen to it at home, at the office. Wherever you go, take the Odyssey app with you and take Locked on Nittany Lines with you as well. Of course, we're available on every podcasting platform, so make sure whatever way you are listening to my voice right now, you hit that follow button, you hit that subscribe button, totally free to do so. We don't charge you anything here. And of course, make sure you never miss a single episode. Leave those ratings and reviews that will help us continue to grow the podcast moving forward and it is the best way to show your support for all things Locked on Nittany Lines and of course, across the Locked on Podcast Network. We also want you to be a part of the show. As always, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Give us a Facebook like on Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And we will have some other things. I know I mentioned YouTube before. Still kind of trying to figure that one out a little bit. We're having some technical issues with getting the things officially rolling there. But I'm going to try and get that squared away hopefully this week. So stay tuned for that. And I'll share those information and those details with you as soon as we have them. Well, we've got a win to talk about because after the start of last season, there was a little bit of a question mark about just what we were going to get out of this Penn State team in 2021. I think there were some very fair questions that should have been raised given what we saw from Penn State last season. And if you've been listening to me or been following my coverage all offseason, you know I was pretty optimistic about Penn State going into the 2021 season. And the first game of the season hasn't necessarily changed my outlook. Because as much as I was anticipating that this offense is going to be pretty fun to watch this year, we saw that it's still a little bit of a work in progress. The good news is they made some progress in the course of one game. 
got totally shut down by a very good Wisconsin defense in the first half. And tip your cap to Wisconsin for that. I mean, this is a good defensive team that Wisconsin had. And Penn State's got a good defense too. But as far as the offense is concerned, we saw a very slow start. And I sort of expected that things weren't going to be firing on all cylinders right out of the gate. Not on the road against a very good Wisconsin team in front of a hyped up crowd in Camp Randall Stadium. First of all, great to see fans in a Big Ten stadium once again, having fun, watching a good Big Ten contest. And that's exactly what they got on Saturday in Madison with Penn State and Wisconsin. It was a top 25 matchup that lived up to the defensive hype. Offense, obviously, we'll get to that in a little bit. But I do think that there's still room for improvement. There's still going to be some reasons to be optimistic about what this Penn State offense is going to do. Uh, I'm not really worried. I'm not putting any panic buttons whatsoever. Uh, I think the offense will come along. And I think we saw Sean Clifford have, you know, not a great game, but he didn't turn the ball over. And when you go back to last season, when he was struggling, he was turning the ball over and putting his defensive teammates in really bad spots, including that opener against Indiana. And you saw a much more confident Sean Clifford. Yeah, he had to run for his life a couple times, and he was under a lot of pressure, especially in that first half. And again, that's where you give credit to a very good defensive effort uh, from Wisconsin. Jim Leonard is a defensive mastermind, a defense coordinator over there. And he had the upper hand on Mike Yersich in the first half of the game. And I think throughout the second half, Wisconsin's defense was not the problem. Wisconsin's problem was being able to finish drives. They had four red zone trips, and that's where the Penn State defense came up and made the plays that needed to be made in this game to turn it in their favor. Now, obviously, the Penn State offense put together 16 points on the board. Should have been more, but the special teams, a little bit of concern there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit later, too. But I think that the defense was obviously the story of the game. And Jaquan Brisker, my goodness, this dude is an absolute baller okay he has to have medical attention what four times in the game a minimum uh either on the field on the sideline in the medical tent i think at one point uh but he keeps coming back on the field and he keeps making plays he's in terrific coverage he's breaking up passes and of course he's coming up with a huge interception with a little bit more than two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter with wisconsin driving looking to maybe move ahead with a touchdown and an extra point and he comes up steps in uh, front of a Graham Mertz pass after reading the, the play perfectly as Joel Clyde outlined and demonstrated in his uh, re replay uh, breakdown of the play, reading the running back, going into blocking and realizing that this pass is going over the middle to Wisconsin's tight end, Jake Ferguson. Jaquan Brisker realizes that, steps in front of the pass and gets a nice return out of it as well. I do think that the uh, the field position turn is just as important as getting the turnover. Obviously, the turnover is huge, but being able to kind of flip the field uh, really helped out Penn State's chances in putting this game away. Of course, the defense still had some work to do because the offense gave the ball back to Wisconsin. Wisconsin got one more chance to win the game, and they drove right down the field. They got some chunk plays in the beginning of the last drive of the game, and it comes down to one final final play and Jair Brown is the guy that comes up with a big play intercepting a pass from Graham Mertz on the final play of the game this Penn State secondary rose to the occasion you look at the box score Wisconsin put up the yardage they obviously outgained Penn State by a sizable margin especially uh, when you take that first half into consideration Penn State had about two and a half yards <laughs> I'm exaggerating but it was not many yards of offense in the first half uh, you look at their drive somewhere in the first half uh, they only had one good drive one decent drive I should say uh, obviously were shut out in the first half but they also pitched a shutout in the first half and again Wisconsin really kind of blew this game 
uh, from every way you look at it. Uh, obviously, special teams having a field goal blocked by Penn State uh, would cost Wisconsin three points. Uh, two interceptions in the final minutes, uh, preventing Wisconsin from putting up more points on the board. Uh, a fumble inside the, the red zone where Nick Tarburton uh, pounced on a, a botched handoff. Uh, that's a self-inflicted wound by Wisconsin. Penn State capitalizes it. So Wisconsin had four red zone trips, only scored one touchdown out of those four trips. That's a tremendous effort by the Penn State defense, who was gassed. They were on the field for 42 minutes. That's ridiculous. That's two episodes of Locked on Nittany Lions uh, without commercials. <laughs> so that is a, an absolutely phenomenal effort to not give in. Obviously, this is a bend, but don't break mentality. It worked for Penn State in this matchup. Wisconsin kind of helped them along the way. Let's not be totally um, ignorant of that fact. But the Penn State defense did what it needed to do to get out of Madison with a win. And everybody feels so much better coming out of Madison, coming back home, preparing for their next game against Ball State this weekend in Beaver Stadium. First time fans will be back in the stands since 2019. So all feels much better in the world of Penn State football after one game of the 2021 season, whereas it was a near disaster at the start of the 2020 season. So what does this mean moving forward? Well, the path now to an undefeated September is, I would say, much easier. Maybe that's disingenuous and maybe that's disrespectful to some of the upcoming opponents, including the Auburn Tigers in week three. But the next three games are at home. Let's talk a little bit about what to expect out of this Penn State offense and why I'm not pushing any panic buttons just yet coming up in our next segment. But first, I want to remind you guys that now is prime daily fantasy league season, right? If you're into daily fantasy leagues, you got to check out Stat Hero because they are completely changing the way you approach daily fantasy sports. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works, okay? Stat Hero shows you their lineups and then they dare you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. You're not going to get a contest like this on any other daily sports fantasy league league you name the stakes winner take all and you have the ultimate advantage stack here they show you their lineups they're showing you their cards how would you like to go into a matchup knowing exactly what your opponent is going to do? It's like looking at the playbook the night before. Stat Hero is giving you that advantage. And that's why people are coming back to Stat Hero a little bit more often. It's a little bit more fan friendly. It's a little bit more encouraging. And that's what Stat Hero is all about. If you want to check it out for yourself, go to stathero.com slash locked on. You can sign up for free. And right now, you get three times back on your first play. Let me say that again. You get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a three. 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. All offseason, all I've been saying is that this Penn State offense is going to be much more entertaining, much more cohesive, and much more formidable, especially early on in games. Well, it is not my nature to overreact to what we see in week one of a college football season. I know plenty of people do that on Twitter.com. I'm not going to do it. So when I see that Penn State goes on the road and is playing a very defensively sound Wisconsin team with just as good of a secondary, if not better than Penn State's, very good linebackers, very good defensive line, I understand that things are probably not going to come together that quickly against uh, a team like Wisconsin. Not for an offense that, while they have a lot of pieces in place to have a very successful year, with what I firmly believe is an upgrade at the offensive coordinator with Mike Yurcich, 
it's a tough situation to be in. Uh, this would be a much more comfortable situation if this game were being played at home or if you got a chance to open up against a team like Ball State or Akron or another team from the MAC. How about the Temple Owls just getting blasted by Rutgers? It would be much more accommodating for Penn State to have all these pieces with the offense come together under Mike Yersich if you had that kind of a warm-up opportunity in week one or even week zero. You didn't have that in week one against Wisconsin on the road in front of uh, 70-something thousand fans in Camp Randall Stadium. So you have to make do and kind of weather the storm a little bit and hope that things eventually come together. So what have I been saying about Penn State for the last couple of years? The team will generally start very slow at times. And when they do, what do they do in the second half? This is a program that over the last few number of years has really made some good halftime adjustments. And this is one of the things I always come back to when I'm talking about James Franklin and a lot of people think I'm defending him. And maybe I am in a sense. James Franklin is not without his flaws. Don't get me wrong. I've said that before. I will say that again. And I'm saying it right now. He is a really good coach. Is he a great coach? I'm not going that far because there are some flaws. There are some things that hold him back from taking that next level. I'm not um, ignorant of that idea. What I am saying is that if you're going to criticize him for one thing, you got to praise him for another. And Penn State, more often than not, will come out with a better plan and a better effective offense in the second half of games. There have been some games that are going to go against this green a little bit, but I think if you look at the course of, let's just go back to last season. How many times did they start off horribly in the first half, come back and make things a little bit more respectable in the second half? Even though they lost those first five games of the year, take a look at what happened in the first half versus what happened in the second half. Even that Indiana game, they had a lead in the second half after digging a big hole in the first half. They played better against Ohio State in the second half. They played better against Maryland in the second half. They played better against Nebraska in the second half. Don't need to really rehash the Iowa game too much, but you get the idea. This is a Penn State program there. As long as they go into halftime with the game very much within reach, they're going to come out in the second half ready to make some adjustments and take things to the next level. And that's exactly what we saw on the road against Wisconsin. Penn State's offense was non-existent in the first half. Again, you probably had more rushing yards than they did for a good chunk of that first half. I forget exactly what the rushing yardage was at halftime, but at one point it was minus three yards in the first half. So uh, I was joking on Twitter that you actually had more rushing yards than Penn State did at that point in time. So there's where we're talking about, okay? Slow starts, what do you do in the second half? You go into halftime, you see what's working, what's not working. In this case, what wasn't working, which was pretty much everything with regard to the offense. You realize that you're going up against a very good defense. You try to find different ways to change things up a little bit. Penn State, their first offensive series of the first half, or the second half, I should say, they just go right down the field. Consecutive first downs, I think, on three straight plays, one of which was aided by a personal foul or a pass interference penalty on Wisconsin. But all of a sudden, Penn State's in a rhythm. And then that opens up the field, and Sean Clifford unloads and finds a wide-open Jahad Dotson streaking down for an uncontested 49-yard touchdown, I think it was. And that's what you're looking for. Penn State took some deep chances with Sean Clifford and Jahad Dotson. They did one, I believe, in the first half of the game, and Clifford kind of overthrew him. It was a few yards ahead of where Jahan Dotson was. You know, If he hits him in stride, it's probably a touchdown there. And I think they took another deep shot uh, somewhere along the way in the second half 
after that touchdown. So I think they were one for three on the deep ball to Jahan Dotson, but you're going to get a few of those uh, during the course of the game. And you're not going to hit on every one of them, but when you do, my goodness, it's going to count. And that's exactly what happened there. First score of the game comes by Penn State on that long touchdown. Now, there was a, a little bit of concern in the back of my head because the Penn State defense, which had played great up to that point, you know, at least with that bend but don't break mentality, that was the one drive where you would have loved to see Penn State's defense kind of shut things down and get the ball right back to the offense. But Wisconsin, to the credit, actually had a really long, lengthy drive. To, I think it was 10 plays, 75 yards uh, for the answering touchdown to tie things back up. And all of a sudden you're thinking, all right, well, Penn State worked so hard to get the offense going this time. Can they possibly keep going? Wasn't necessarily the case, but it was enough of the case. So I do think that when you look at the box score, Sean Clifford, 18 of 33, not great, but take a look at the breakdown what he did in the second half he was much more effective in the second half he had the one touchdown which is again you would like to see a little bit more but it was a really good defensive battle you made the one count and the most important stat line i think for sean clifford is no interceptions he was sacked a handful of times there's no question about that the penn state offensive line still has a little bit of work to do but again they're not going to face defenses quite like wisconsin every week they will face some good defensive lines this year. So the offensive line will have to improve. I believe that it will uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. And I think getting a chance to go up against Ball State, that'll kind of uh, build a little bit more confidence and you figure a couple more things out. Uh, but Sean Clifford, zero interceptions, zero fumbles. Big, big stat line for Sean Clifford, a guy who had plenty of turnovers last year, which was one of the factors in him being benched during the middle of the season. Sean Clifford has come back. Sean Clifford has never lost his self-confidence. You saw that on display. Even though Wisconsin was kind of making him run for his life at times, Sean Clifford was not rattled. And I don't recall ever seeing Sean Clifford try to force something that wasn't there, which I think is something you've seen from him the last couple of seasons in some tough spots. That was not the case against Wisconsin, and I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think when Sean Clifford plays that kind of style, even though Penn State's offense wasn't opening the doors to the floodgates or anything. This was a much more competent offense. It gained more confidence. It found its rhythm at times against a very good defense on the road. And bottom line is they come out with a win. So there are some areas of concern. Only 48 rushing yards out of Noah Kane. Again, a very tough defense to run against. Penn State didn't have a whole lot of success, but Noah Kane was better in the second half as well. Jahad Dotson does get 100 yards, 102 yards to be exact, including that 49-yard play. Uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith, 71 yards on four receptions, 52 receiving yards total. I'm looking for a step forward from him this season. I think we started to see a little bit of that. Uh, Parker Washington had the big 24-yard play in the first half. That was actually the biggest play that Penn State had in the first half. He ends the day with four catches for 47 yards. You're going to see those three guys pretty often. You didn't see the tight ends get involved, though. A little bit of a puzzling situation. I thought we would have seen a little bit more out of that, but I do think we'll see more tight end usage in the weeks to come. So Penn State's offense, not great, but it got the job done. And really, that's all I'm looking for. You know what else I'm looking for? I'm looking to place another order of Built Bars because I'm back from vacation. I'm going back to work and I need a Built Bar every morning. It's my perfect mid-morning snack. Built Bars are the protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars. And you've heard me talk about them before. They have a variety of flavors. There's a little bit of something out there for everybody. They've got coconut. They've got raspberry. They've got the mint brownie and the peanut butter brownie. You want salted caramel? They got you covered there as well. I know. 
these flavors all sound way too good to actually be healthy for you. Well, compared to some of the other alternatives out there on the protein bar market, Built Bar just blows them away. Most of the flavors they have come with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. A couple of the other flavors, they have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories. Again, it depends on the flavor you're looking for, but they are all gonna dominate in the protein bar market when you start comparing the, uh, the nutrition facts against them. So Built Bars are the way that I go. You definitely wanna check them out for yourself. Order variety pack, order all of one flavor, whatever the case may be. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. One more time, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're going to start to turn the page over to week two and start looking at some of the odds for next weekend's games. We'll do that in tomorrow's podcast. Of course, when I'm looking at betting odds, I'm looking at Bet Online because they've got all the odds I need just for point spreads, point totals, prop bets, you name it, you all the futures picks you can want. And I'm going to look to see where Penn State is on the line for Ball State this coming weekend, the home opener. Now, if you follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB, you know that I put out a perfect Kevin's triple combo of the day for week one, which included Penn Penn State plus five and a half. I also gave you Army plus two and a half and Georgia plus three. And I went all in with them. I picked them all straight up as well. So if you went with my picks uh, that I found on Bet Online, you made some serious money this weekend. I gave you three winners against the spread and three straight up winners, all underdogs. So you know I love those underdogs. I'm going to look to see what Bet Online's got for you this weekend. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and they've got the online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. You can go to betonline.ag, sign up for your free account, use the promo code LOCKED ON, and they will give you a 100% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. You won't get that deal anywhere else. And that is why Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, I hope to be able to take an updated look at the latest coaches poll, which I believe should be released by the time I record the Tuesday edition of the podcast. I know the AP Top 25 is actually coming out on Tuesday, so we'll probably have to react to that on Wednesday's episode of the podcast, but hang in there. We're going to see just where this week one fallout is going to land Penn State. Now, Penn State is number 20 in the coaches poll going into the season, and a handful of teams actually ranked ahead of Penn State took some losses this week. So we could see Penn State moving up pretty quickly as far as the coaches poll is concerned, and I would assume the same for the AP Top 25. So when you take a look at some of the games that happened around the country uh, and take a look at some of the teams that were ranked ahead of Penn State, there were a number of them where you can see Penn State's easily going to be moving ahead of them. One team that Penn State is absolutely not going to be passing in the next round of the polls is going to be Clemson. Clemson, your number two team in the AP Top 25, lost 10-3 in Charlotte against a very good Georgia team. So uh, even though Clemson takes a loss, I don't see them losing on a neutral field to a number five team going to be dropping the Tigers very far. So Clemson very likely probably still in the top 10. But how close to the top 10 does Penn State actually get? That's what I'm going to be very curious to see. Because Penn State goes into the season ranked number 19 in the AP Top 25. Obviously, they took care of number 12, Wisconsin. So you know that Penn State's going to move ahead of Wisconsin. 
But take a look around the rest of the country. All right, number 16 LSU lost on Saturday night to uh, UCLA. So Penn State's going to be moving ahead of LSU. Question is, will UCLA make a big jump into their top 25 rankings? We'll have to just wait and see. Uh, but also, number 17, Indiana, lost on the road against uh, number 18, Iowa. So Iowa's probably going to stay ahead of Penn State, but Penn State is certainly going to be passing the Hoosiers. So you got a couple teams right out of the gate that Penn State will be moving ahead of in the next round of the rankings. And then you got a bunch of teams that uh, played previously. Number 10, North Carolina, actually uh, fell on, I think, Friday night on the road against Virginia Tech. So uh, Penn State could very well be moving ahead of North Carolina. I would fully expect that. Number 14, Miami also got demolished by Alabama. Now, I have a general principle that I'm not going to punish a team too harshly for losing a game to Alabama, but the way that Miami lost that game suggests to me that Miami's going to take a pretty hard stumble here, uh, even though they went up against the best team in the country in Alabama. But losing 44-13, to uh, you got to drop a few spots for that. I'm sorry. And Miami was already only, what, five spots ahead of Penn State or six spots ahead of Penn State, depending on which poll you're looking at. Uh, so Miami, obviously... Uh, I feel should be ranking behind Penn State. So I don't think that Penn State's going to get into the top 10, but they are going to get pretty darn close. So I think you could be looking at a number 11 team. Speaking of number 11, how about number 11, Oregon? They do win at home against Fresno State. They win 31 to 24. They need a fourth quarter rally to get out of that game with the victory. How much do the voters evaluate that kind of a win compared to what Penn State did? Now, remember, Penn State was on the road against the number 12 team, Oregon's number 11. Which one do you give more weight to? Uh, obviously, Penn State's going to be jumping ahead of Wisconsin. But if you were to go Penn State or Oregon, who had the more impressive win? I think you can make an argument that Penn State could jump ahead of Oregon. And if they do, maybe they sneak into the top 10. But I'm going to be very curious to see how that all plays out. Another game to just keep an eye on is number seven, Iowa State. Now, going from 19 to number seven, that's a pretty big jump. But Iowa State looked horrible at home against Northern Iowa, an FCS program, of course, only winning 16 to 10. Identical score to Penn State, but Penn State's 16 to 10 victory should carry a whole lot more weight than Iowa State's 16 to 10 victory. I don't think Penn State's going to catch the Cyclones, but I will be very curious to see how the pollsters determine where their top 25 is going to be settled after week one. Now, as of the time I'm recording this, I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon. We have yet to see what number nine Notre Dame is going to do Sunday night on the road against Florida State. So at the time I'm recording this, I'm wondering, could Notre Dame be upset and how far would they drop? I would suggest that if Florida State does manage to beat Notre Dame, that Penn State's got a chance to move ahead of the Irish as well. So uh, jumping into the top 10, probably still a little bit of a reach for Penn State, but not entirely out of the realm of possibility as I'm sitting here recording this podcast for you. Of course, tomorrow will bring a new outlook for what's going on around the world of college football. We will officially be able to turn the pages to week two and start to look at see what Penn State's got coming up against the Ball State Cardinals. Ball State did win this weekend, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as the week goes on. A reminder that betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You get daily picks, you get blowout specials, and of course my personal favorite, the wrong team favored picks. 
And if you looked at my picks, uh, you know that there were a lot of wrong teams favored in week one of the college football season. But Lee Sterling, he's also going to give you his lock of the day. So follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, make sure you are following the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast on that Odyssey app as well, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those ratings and reviews. That is the best way to show your support for Locked on Nittany Lions. As we embark on the 2021 college football season, it's off to a great start. And I think there's still a lot of good memories still to be made this coming season as we continue into week two, week three, into October, and so on and so forth. My name is Kevin McGuire. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Make sure you're following Locked on Nittany Lions on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. Give us a like on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked on Nittany. And check out all my Penn State coverage over on NittanyLionsWire.com, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Again, we'll start to turn the page to week two. Take a look at Penn State and Ball State in our next episode, and we'll see, hopefully, we have some updated rankings that we can react to as well. We'll also run down everything that happened in the Big Ten because we didn't get a chance to do that in today's episode. So lots of stuff still to look forward to on the next episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. If you're listening to this on a day off, thank you so much for spending some time. Or if you're binge watching this or binge listening to this on Tuesday, welcome to the start of your shortened work week. Let's make the most of it. Come back tomorrow. We'll do it all again for you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you later. Bye.